Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I'm going to announce that I believe that 2023 is going to be the best year yet. What do I mean by that? Well, for multifamily investing and single family investing for the housing industry, I think it's going to be a year where the opportunities abound. Okay, how do you get to that conclusion? Well, there's a couple different levels to this discussion. The first one is the Fed. The Fed has continued to raise interest rates to where now the interest rate is so high that it's very difficult for people to purchase properties. Um. You say, well, that's a bad thing. No, that's actually a good thing because it eliminates your competition out there. And since we can raise unlimited amounts of money to be able to invest here at Lifestyles, then the competition is what we need to get rid of. If we can get rid of the competition, if they don't want to get into the game, then we have the opportunity to buy the properties. Now, the prices get better and better all the time as the Fed keeps raising the interest rates. So, I'm sitting here now where I've watched the cap rates on commercial real estate go from four. Well, actually, when I first started buying commercial real estate, the reason I flipped over to commercial real estate was because the cap rates were six and a half. And we were seeing the cap rates in uh, multifamily apartments get down into the fours. And then literally when it jumped below four and went into the threes, that was when I knew I had to get out of that. I just couldn't buy anymore at that, at that price. And remember, cap rate re- relates to price. The cap rate means that if you paid cash for this, this is how much return you would make. So if you pay a lot, your your return is very low. Your cap rate's very low. If you pay a little, your cap rate's very high. So I got off into commercial real estate after talking to a couple of people that had been doing it, and they had got into commercial real estate when the cap rates were like 10 and 11. Now, I've seen 10 and 11 cap rates because I did it in the apartment industry when I first got in there. So I know how wonderful that can be. I mean, cap rates in the 10 area, it's just beautiful. I got it actually when cap rates was as high as 20. But when a cap rate's 10%, you can double your money almost every year with it. It's just unbelievable, uh, the things you can do with the 10 cap rate investment. So I got in it when they were about six and a half, and I followed them all the way down to about four. And I just, you know, buy one here at six and a half, then it went to six and a quarter. I said, okay, I'll pay a little more. And then it went to six, and I said, okay, I'll pay a little more. Because it was still very far away from the three and four percent cap rates that we're paying for multifamily properties. When it got down to four, that's when I said, nope, there it is. We're, there's no need to keep buying. I'll just stay on the sidelines and wait. Things are going to change. They have to. And so as the Fed decided they were going to start, fighting inflation, they started raising interest rates, the prices started coming down, and the cap rates started going back up. And what I did was I just stayed a half a point above where the cap rates were. If, they, if their cap rates were at four, I was offering four and a half. If they were at four and a half, I was offering five. When they got to five, I started offering five and a half, and then so on and so forth. By doing that, that has allowed me to gradually buy properties at a better and better price. 
and continue to f- fulfill my portfolio needs. And really, you have to understand the way I see real estate is that you have a portfolio need. You purchase your each year the number of deals you need to increase your portfolio by the amount that you've planned for. And you could do more, but there's no no really need to do more. You just keep growing your portfolio each year. As long as you continue to grow each year, eventually you're going to be so wealthy you don't know what to do with it all. And then you're going to have so much money, you're going to have to increase your portfolio needs. Not because you need more money, but because you need more places to put the money you're making. And so it becomes a spiral event, snowball event, somebody would call it. And uh, we snowball our wealth into, you know, quite a bit. So as this was going on, we started seeing the feds get get really upset about this inflation. And they started really hammering interest rates. And as they started to hammer interest rates, those those prices started going way down. Because that's what has to happen. Now, you, you think that, well, as interest rates go up, I'm paying more for real estate. No, you're paying less for real estate and more for money. So people that have no money don't like that. But people who have money, people that are investors, people have access to investable capital through either their own, you know, liquid funds or through other investors that are willing to go into deals with them. This is the way to go. This is when prices are good. This is when you can buy the property for what it's really worth, not overpay because the interest rates are low and they're selling you a cash flow. Right. So I see this is continuing to get better. How much better? Well, you got to be careful here because even I almost got thrown for a twist the other day. And that was somebody came up because, you know, everybody wants inflation to be gone. They wanted to break. And so when it didn't go seven or eight again, it went like six point something um, in November or December, whatever that was. I guess that's November because we're in December now. So when that happened, People then thought, wow, okay, it's over. We've broken inflation. It's going to come back down. Gas prices are back down again, right? And so the, the, the predominant thought process, well, if that's the case, then the Fed will ease up. And, man, I thought about that for a second. ago. You know what? Maybe this is it. Maybe this is the peak. The prices are as low as they're going to get. Or this is the trough, wherever you want to look at it. Um, this is as high as cap rate is going to get, as low as prices are going to get, because the Fed has, you know, come to the point where it's happy. And then I decided to look it up, and I went and researched what the Fed was saying. And the Fed was saying, yeah, we're happy that, it's, that what we're doing is starting to work, but we don't think it's over. We think fighting inflation is a big-time problem that's going to take some time to get there. And who knows? Maybe this is just a blip. Maybe the this little twitch down is just a blip. We don't know that, so in a week, we're probably going to raise interest rates again, another half a point. But we're not going to go the three-quarters point that we went the last two times in a row. So we're going to slow down the rate in which we're increasing the interest rates. But that's not eliminating the increase, do you understand? So they're continuing to do that. And then they said they're going to do another one in the first quarter of 2023, And that may be a small one. That might be a half or even a quarter, right? So when you do this, you know, people are saying, well, this is better because the rate at which they're increasing the interest rates is slowing down. But in reality, the interest rates are still going up. And so we haven't haven't felt the full effect yet 
of what these increased interest rates are going to do. Now, when we get into this today, and you don't want to miss this because when we go to break, I'm going to come back after break, and I'm going to read you some stuff that is going to blow your mind as to the opportunities that are available right now coming up in 2023. And what you're going to be able to do as a real estate investor will blow your mind. You just have to realize you have to get involved now. You have to know what's going on and how to take advantage of it now. And quite honestly, you have to understand that most investment theory is counterintuitive. Rich people think differently than poor people do. That's why they're rich. So rich people see these high interest rates as driving prices back down to normal prices or eventually into low prices if we were to go into a recession. Whereas poor people see interest rates as a higher car payment, higher credit card payments, uh, the inability to purchase a new home because the interest rates are making their um, debt-to-income ratio and putting them in a position where it's very, very bad for them. But it's very, very good for rich people. So now, what does that mean to you? That means you have to act as if you're a rich person. But now, let's talk about what the real exciting issue is. I've been warning of this coming at every expo when I give my year-end uh, talk about you know what to look forward to the next year. I've brought these points up, these very points, and now they're come true. So let's read this. It says 1,457 multifamily properties currently barely are at or below the debt coverage ratio required. What does this mean? It means today, as it is reported that the real estate data provider TREP has 1,457 multifamily properties in its database that currently do not meet or barely meet the 1.25 debt coverage ratio requirement on their loans. In other words, they've got loans right now that demand that you maintain a 1.25 debt coverage ratio, and they're not doing it. So they're in default of their loan. That translates into $18.6 billion of debt. And assuming 75% loan-to-value transaction, that's $23 billion in multifamily properties that are now in trouble. It means that bargains are on the way, especially for properties with maturing bridge debt, where the sponsors underwrote their financing into permanent debt at the pre-2022 interest rates. Those deals don't underwrite. If they don't underwrite, that means they can't refinance those loans, and that debt is coming due. The potential is way larger than the 1,457 properties identified by TREP. Some $1 trillion of real estate loans will mature in 2023 and 24 across all flavors of commercial real estate. And a substantial amount of this will be multifamily. These properties will need to refinance into a much higher interest rate and cap rate environment than existed when they obtained their original debt, which isn't going to happen. The banks are not going to lend on the prices these guys are into these deals for. So last time when the bottom fell out of real estate, interest rates were going down. So a lot of guys, a lot of banks said, you know, we've got you, we've had you for a while, you're a good person, you're a good operator. We'll just go ahead and extend the loan and, and go with it. 
and we'll pretend that someday you're going to be able to fix all this, right? goes on and says, this means that for strong and experienced sponsors who are not tainted by forced sale or foreclosures, there will be more opportunity to purchase multifamily at attractive prices than we have seen in a very, very long time. That's us, guys. We are well-funded, very educated, sophisticated, good operators. We're everybody the bank wants to lend money to. And we're going to be able to buy this stuff so cheap compared to what we're taking it away from the the people that have it now, they're going to lose it. They're going to be forced to sell at a lower price. So it goes on and makes a statement that says, now is the chance to get ready for the opportunity ahead. Not in 23, not in 24, when those deals start to hit the market. In other words, right now, you better be setting yourself up to get ready to buy these. Because when it hits, it's going to hit fast and hard. The money's going to be made, and you're going to be left on the sideline. Right? So that's what's coming. That's what's coming. That's why, if you look at this, we know without a doubt that 2023 is going to be a bloodbath for many, many people that paid way too much for real estate over the last two to three years when all of these adjustable rate mortgages were created. Um, all that stuff's got to go away, and uh, these people are going to be stuck. Now, what happens if we go into a recession? Make it worse. <laughs> then you've got the fact that not only uh, are the prices going down, but the properties might stop performing because there won't be enough money out there in the marketplace. Now, that's not the problem now. People are paying the rent. People have money. Uh, people have jobs. So we're not in a recession, as, quote, the Democrats would say, this doesn't look like a recession to me, right? Uh, even though we've had three months of lowering GDP, that doesn't look like a recession to me. Okay, I get that. It doesn't look like a recession to me either. But what if it does go into a recession? And as people start laying off thousands and thousands of employees and all these big companies, then you realize, how long does it take before that starts to affect the economy itself? Take a short break. Be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. When you look at the effects of what happened in 2008 and you compare it to what we are hopefully coming out of right now, real estate has definitely shown its resiliency. It has provided for people not only a place to live, but a place to work, a place to raise their children, a place to teach their children, a place to prepare all of their meals. And that's really where the rubber meets the road, is that there are are two things that people have to have, and they strive very hard to have them. And that's a roof over their head and food on the table. And if you are investing in something related to either of those two things, you are going to have a winning strategy. And in addition to that, you're providing something of value to the people around you. And creating a win-win situation while creating wealth and passive income for yourself is the best life you can get. Real estate is resilient. You should have real estate in your portfolio. Join us for the next live online free workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. 
You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're talking about why I believe 2023 is going to be one of the best investment years yet in a long, long time. And uh, the reason? Because the Fed's setting us up by raising the interest rates making it impossible for people to buy stuff at the high prices they've been selling it to us for over the last four or five years, forcing the prices to go down. If you're going to get any kind of financing, it's got to go down. And then, as I brought up in the last segment, putting the pressure on trillions of dollars of loans that are coming due uh, that don't have the debt coverage ratio necessary to get them refinanced, which means they're going to have to sell. They're going to trade. And when they trade, they're going to trade for a lower price, much lower price than what these people purchase them for. So you say, well, Dell, how is that a good thing for real estate investing if people lose money? No, it's a good thing for people who want to be rich and successful and listen to what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it. Because when you do the right thing, you do it timely, then what happens is you're on the right side of the investment curve. And the people that have been listening to me that are following me, we're on a train right now. That train is headed to real estate heaven. We are on our way right now to go pick up some of the best deals you're going to see in a long, long time. Why? Just like I said, interest rates are driving the prices down. Follow that up by, if you want, the fact that people have these loans that are coming due that are needing to be refinanced that can't refinance because they don't have the debt coverage ratio necessary to get them to refinance. But wait, there's more. How could there be more, Dell? That's pretty good. Well, there is more. Let's talk about the last election. Let's talk about the fact that ever since I've been an investor, I have found that when one group of people, whether it be the Democrats or the Republicans, have total control of of all houses, Congress, Senate, President, rate of returns go down. And why is that? Well, because in situations of the, you know, when the Republicans are in control, they change things to where everybody wants to get into real estate because they think the Republicans are going to make it so much better tax-wise, so much better-wise as far as the environment, um, and the requirements and the regulations that it's just going to be a better place to be invested. And so everybody jumps in. When everybody jumps in, that makes the prices go up. And so if you're selling and you see prices going up, you think it's a good time. But see, I'm a contrarian. I'm a buyer. I make my money going into the deal, not coming out. Trying to make your money coming out is gambling. It's speculating. Making your money going in so you know you've made the money the day you buy the deal, there's no speculation to that. That is just pure genius. And so I like it when people aren't in that positive mode. Now let's turn around to the Democrats. When the Democrats have total control, everybody knows that they're going to do something that's going to mess up the economy. And they generally do. And when they do, then the profitability of everything we do goes down, right? 
And as it all goes down and everybody except the people that are given money by the government, now let's keep that in mind, these guys are giving money to their wind friends, they're giving money to their solar friends, they're giving money to all their friends, uh, their car dealer, you know, battery cars, electric car friends. They like to pick winners and losers. And the Democrats are going to pick the buddies to be winners. And so real estate is not their buddy. They do not like real estate. They hate real estate. They think that real estate is the man, right? The, the greasy, dirty landlord. And so they do everything they can do to destroy real estate and help the tenant and create tenant-friendly situations where they don't have to pay, create situations where um, they can sue you for stupid stuff, requirements that what you have to put in for them and take care of them, blah, 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 blah. The whole bit, you know what I'm talking about. So they make it worse for real estate. So when's the best time for real estate? I have found over the last 34 years of investing in real estate, the very best time is when the power is split. When we have a split Senate and and, uh, Congress, then bills can't get passed. Now, why is that good? Isn't there anything good the government passes a bill for, Dell? Maybe. But if it's really good, it would be good enough that both sides would agree on it. Most stuff that gets passed by the government is pork. It's just garbage that they pass to put money back in their friends' pockets for getting them elected. It's a power play. So if you have to convince both sides of the aisle that something's important, it's probably pretty important that we pass it, right? On the other hand, if it's one person's pork or the other person's pork, the other side is going to try to shoot it down. And the beauty of that is, is that we as the public trying to exist within the context of their political dream, we are able to feel comfortable that they're not going to mess with the playing field. They're not going to mess with the rules. Could you imagine going out to play a sport and realizing that, okay, this is a nine-inning baseball game, and in the fourth inning we're changing over to Democrats, and they change all the rules? So you've got all these players and all these plans and all these, you know, plays you want to play. Same thing for football. You know, you got all these plays you want to run, and they change the rules, and you can't do it. And they say big guys can't play anymore. You can only play with small guys. It's, it's, it's unfair if big guys can play football. So only little guys can play football. Think about how stupid that would be. But that's the way the government works. And so when we know the rules are the same, we can plan. And we can make plans for our future to get where we want to go. And that's the beauty of the government being in gridlock. There's nothing better than the government in gridlock. I don't care which party you like. And, and quite honestly, I hate both parties because they both do the same thing. They lie, cheat, and steal. Both of them do, right? And what gets me is, is that they both know they do. However, the reality is they have different game plans on how they get around it and how and what they do to deal with it. None of that is important to me because none of that makes a difference. What makes a difference is if there's a level playing field that doesn't get changed in the middle of the game. But if you keep changing the playing field on me, I don't know how to set up my pieces. I don't know what chess moves to make. And so, my friends, you should always try to vote to split the Congress. 
As long as the Congress is split, it doesn't matter who the president is. Well, it does, because now these stupid executive orders, which I don't know how they started doing that stuff. Uh, I won't even figure out which president started with. But, you know, that is just a circumvent. Everything that has to do with the three party or the three ruling bodies, which is supposed to be Congress, the president and the uh judiciary or whatever the uh, legal department so they've overcome that with that one thing where the you know the president can just make up stuff and do it now one thing i will admit though is pretty good is that they shot down a couple of biden's things he said i know they're illegal but i'm going to do them anyway can you imagine a president goes i know this is illegal but i'm going to do it anyway uh, and they shot some of that stuff down and um, they're looking at others to shoot down so that's at least good but Having said that, that's probably a positive for us also, that the legal department's not letting the presidents have too much power if possible. So that's good, right? So I'm thinking, all right, look at this, guys. Interest rates are going up. Prices are coming down. Debt is coming matured. People are going to lose properties. Property is going to trade at new record lower prices for as of the last five to ten years. There will be record lows. There's a potential for even greater recessional problems ahead of us, which is, for me, a contrarian, a great thing, right? And the Congress is in a position where they can't do anything about it. This is too good to be true. You're going to miss out on it. And I've seen thousands of people, millions of people come to me and say, well, I wish I wouldn't have missed that one. Now, what about single-family investing? I got an email here from a guy just the other day, recently. Within the question, there's a statement. It says, good morning, Dell. I will have enough money to buy another house once I get my last drawback of rehab money back from the hard money and I refinanced into the long-term loan on my current property. I want to keep buying because these deals I'm getting in, the blast, are amazing now. Uh, 100 to 300% equity capture. Can you imagine that? This is unbelievable stuff. My question to you is, with the looming threat of market crash, should I save my money and wait until everything drops, or should I follow the mindset of it doesn't matter as long as I continue to buy the correct way? I personally think that I'm already buying at 51% discount, which is what some of these deals are at. Then I'm already winning, even with those numbers. A friend of mine is telling me to wait. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are your friend's an idiot. I've seen people like your friend mess up time after time after time after time because you can't guess the bottom of the market. You just can't. So, like I told you earlier, I'm buying all the way down. I did it before. I did it when the last crash in 2008 happened. I was buying $50,000 units for 25000 Actually, it's 27, I think, 26, 27. Then I bought them for like 19, and then I bought them for like 15, 16. Then I bought them for like 14. And the lowest price I ever paid was like $8,000 a door for a $50,000 unit. At that point, prices started going back up on me again. And my mistake was I could have bought Two properties, I put two other people out of business because I bought so low, I just lowered the prices and put them out of business on the same street. And I could have bought those properties. And they came to me and said, do you want to Do you want to buy these? And I said, well, you're only 50% occupied. I was almost 0% occupied. I paid eight grand. I'll give you 16, 17 grand for these. And they go, well, we'd love to do that for you, except this problem is, what's that? They just sold for 27000 a door. 
And so if I would have been realistic, I could have bought $50,000 units at 27000 but I was already de, um, desensitized to those prices by getting lower prices. And that's the problem in all this stuff. And I promised myself this time around I would not fall for that trick. I'm buying all the way down, and then if it starts going back up, I'll buy all the way back up again until it gets to the point where the deals are not good deals. That, my friend, is the answer to your question, and your friend's making a big mistake. He's passing on great deals. If you're getting 51% discounts, if you're making 100 to 300% returns, that could possibly be the bottom of the market, although we don't see it that way right now with what we see happening. But if that were the bottom of the market, those would be great deals. So you need to be buying those deals and say, well, what happens if stuff comes even cheaper later? That's fine. You missed out or you go refinance the stuff you already have because it's now worth more. Uh, pull it out or go get yourself partners. Say, look, I've shown you what I've done. These deals are even better than what I got. Give me some money. Let's go into this thing. We'll syndicate this, and we'll do a couple deals together. So you should never stop buying on the way down. When you can see that the ladder is going down, the elevator is going down, the escalator is going down, the prices are going down, you need to be buying on the way down. I walked away from a couple deals that I had in contract because when they were going down, they were up in the interest rates really, really quickly. What happened was is that I went into a couple of deals that I got the price I asked for, which was much lower than what they were offering. And then the next day, they lowered, they raised interest rates again, and it was like they just took all the gain that I made and made it disappear because of that. So I pulled out of those deals thinking, okay, I'm not waiting all the way to the bottom, but I'm going to wait until I'm going to go back and retrade the deals and go at where I still get the discount that I would have gotten. Because at that point now, the stuff that I was, you know, killing people, I mean, killing them to get, they're now giving it away openly. Those prices, those lower prices are now asking price, market prices. And so am I upset that I paid a little more for some of the others? No, they're making me tons of money. In fact, I'm just at the end of the year, and I'm starting to do the counting. And, phew, I tell you what, when the deal's done, you know, they say there'll be time enough for counting when the deal's done. Well, we're in December. It's counting time. It's also holiday time. It's time when you start buying presents. It's time when you need to have money. It's time when you need to know you had a good year, that you've done a good thing. Somewhere along the line, you've got to pay yourself back and you've got to say, hey, I did it. I won. Now I get the trophies. Now I get the, I get the flowers. Now I get all the stuff you get when you win. It's time. This is the end of the year. So, no, don't stop buying. Buy all the way down. And when your friend misses out and maybe gets one deal lower, or maybe what happens generally with those kind of guys is it hits the bottom and they say, oh, okay, well, that's too low now. <laughs> they miss it then. Or it bumps back up and they go, oh, I missed the bottom. So it's too late now. The price is already going back up and they don't really look that attractive. They don't look that attractive because they've been down low. And so they're still lower than what they are right now. They're not as low as they were at the bottom. And so people end up missing out. And this, my friend, is why 33 years after I started investing, I'm a multi-multi-millionaire. Because I never stop. And I won't stop. I will continue to grow my portfolio year after year after year after year. And... That's just the way business should be done. You say, well, doesn't it ever stop? Doesn't it ever come to the end? 
It could, but it doesn't have to. Why? Because the more money you make, the more money you have to decide what to do with, and investing it seems to be a good, wise thing to do. All right, my friends, remember this. It's an incredible time. Get out there and get it done, and remember always, it's not just the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.